when you trust someone, that's when you want to work with them. You want to deal with them. And so we, we created this service for ourselves. Do you want to impact the world and still turn a profit? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Growth Everywhere. This is the show where you'll find real conversations with real entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from their biggest struggle to the exact strategies they use on a daily basis. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen on. Here's your host, Eric Sue. Before we jump into today's interview, if you guys could leave a review and a rating and also subscribe as well, that would be a huge help to the podcast. So if you actually enjoy the content and you'd like to hear more of it, please support us by leaving us a review and subscribe to the podcast as well. Thanks so much. Okay, everyone. Today we have John Hall, who is the CEO and co-founder of Influence and Co. and also the author of Top of Mind, Use Content to Unleash Your Influence. John, how's it going? Going well. Going well. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, I mean, thanks for being here first and foremost. So John and I actually uh, met in person at Collision Conference a couple of months ago, but you know, we're, we're both in the same uh, entrepreneurs group online, which is the Young Entrepreneurs Council. John, I mean, why don't you tell everyone kind of a little bit more about who you are and, and what you do? Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, we, my co-founder and I, Kelsey Meyer, started Influence Co. about five years ago. And the purpose was to help. It was actually initially started to help entrepreneurs build trust with audiences they were wanting to influence. So we thought that entrepreneurs were always busy and they didn't, they never had time to focus on their own brand. And, and, but at the same time is that one of the big things that we believed in is that when you trust someone, that's when you want to work with them, you wanted to deal with them. And so we, we created this service for ourselves, which was helping us extract knowledge and we would have a team develop it and then distribute it, find it all the places online, whether it's like an entrepreneur mag or a Forbes or a Atlantic, wherever the places where their audience is. And uh, we started with that idea and what ended up coming from it was pretty, pretty crazy. It, it did really, really well with entrepreneurs, small businesses, and then even brands started on Office Depot, American Airlines, Dell, a lot of bigger companies came to us and said, hey, we like this kind of angle on PR and thought leadership. It's more focused on trust, education, and getting really consistent placements rather than kind of this old traditional PR model. And so that's uh, how we started. And now we're the largest creator and distributor of expert content and, and things are going really well. The book just came out and it's doing well. So I'm doing a lot more speaking. So that's the, the last five year story. Awesome. Yeah, let's talk about the book for a second. Cause I mean, you know, I've, I've had authors on the podcast before and almost always they say, you know, Eric, you got to do the book. The book changes everything. So, I mean, is that something you agree with? I mean, what has it done for you? Yeah, I think it does. I mean, I think different things change. Like to say a book changes everything. I think that if you're crappy at branding and doing things, uh, investing in, in your your own brand, then yeah, if you do a book, of course it's gonna make a big difference. But the uh, for me, it's like there's different forms of of brand building and credibility and uh, and how people perceive credibility and influence. And so, for example, one area could be, you know, bylines, uh, op-eds. Another area could be people talking about you, whether it's influencers or contributors. Another one could be doing, you know, video. There's all these different, or social, for example. And I think a book's a key column uh, in that area. I think that it's one of the important ones, similar to how the other ones I described are. And I think that when you do a book, 
Um, especially like for you, I mean, yeah, I, I absolutely think it's important because you're good at, you know, you're good at creating content and you're good at, you know, networking and helping others. And I, I think that when people are like that and then they, they do a book, uh, it's extremely beneficial just cause it's, it's a really big part of branding. And, and I think that it can amplify what you're doing. Love it. Okay. So I want to talk a little more about, you know, well, let's go to influence and co now. So, you know, if I'm an entrepreneur, I want to be on Forbes. I want to be on uh, entrepreneur magazine, for example, is that, that that's part of what you guys do, right? Is that kind of the gist of it? Well, yeah, the, the idea isn't just like, okay, I want to be in that publication. And that's what we we have to get people to take a step back. It's like, what is your goal? Like, what are you really trying to accomplish? Because like, if you're, if people just say, oh, I just want to get in this publication and they do, it's like, sometimes they don't actually hit their goal because it was just an ego play. And so for, for me, it's, it's, it's take a step back. Let's talk about the goal. So a lot of times when somebody says, oh, I want to be in whatever, Fast Company, Forbes, Inc., I say, Why? And it, what do you expect to happen? What does success look like? And a lot of people are like, well, you know, we, it's a, let's just say, oh, I have this product or service that I want to build credibility around. And I'm like, okay, so, um, how are you doing that right now? And they're like, okay, well, we're partnering with this company. And I'm like, great. That, that's a, like, we're partnering with Google. Great. That's awesome. That's good credibility. And so what do you want the, this to do? Are you trying to reach thousands and thousands of people? No, actually, we're going to use it on our site. And it's like, okay, cool. So you're just wanting a marketing asset. So in that case, then we need to find out what's the best type of content to come from you or to be about you. It might say, okay, well, you know, in this case, it makes sense for a contributor or an influencer to talk about you because they need to kind of highlight certain things about the product and the service, which it would come off very cocky and egotistical and promotional if you're talking about it from yourself. And so that's why it's, it's so important to take a step back and talk through goals and, and truly think, what, like, why am I doing this? So if, for example, a, a client says, hey, I want to, in this in the next two to, th- to three years, I want to be the leader and the expert in the space of AI technology. I would say, great, you absolutely need to hit those sites at some point. Let's look at all the sites that reach this AI audience. Let's look at the angles. Let's actually do everything we can to build up to the point where those are the sites that want you really bad. And you're looking at distribution like a portfolio. You're not just saying, oh, I won't only want to get in this site. You're testing it out in that first six to 12 months. And then you find out what works. And then you can dive in uh, quite a bit more into the ones that work. Makes sense. Okay. So, you know, for, for what you guys do, I mean, well, first of all, first of all, how do you guys make money and how do you charge? I mean, for us, it's, it's a, a, a service fee model, so it's not re- retainer-based, similar to how old traditional PR was. Okay, well, you're, it's going to cost this much. We're going to be pitching, you know, and if we get whatever we get, it doesn't. We could get zero. We're still getting that money. We're, we're trying to go away from that and be more uh, deliverables-based and say, okay, well, what's important is that you want the placements and you want them in these types of sites, and you need help in content creation, and we have technology that can manage the process. So for this, there's a service fee. And if we deliver this amount of articles, this is you know your service fee. Now, as long as a client is cooperative, we can hit those all you know the time. Occasionally, a client you know like we did have a client want to really focus on one article one month. So you know they were doing typically you know two or three articles a month, and they say we really want. And this is Bob Glazer. Bob Glazer wanted to hit HBR really bad because it's a fantastic site, and he had a really good angle that fit there. And so in that case, then it would make sense to really make sure that that article was there. And so we, we we made an exception there with the deliverables. But when you look at the different ways we want to at least price things, we want to price it is that you're getting this for this price and you can feel confident. And 
if we agree on that and you feel like these are the deliverables that are going to help you accomplish your goal, then expectations should be in line and we should have a very good relationship. Well, let's use that example, right? Because I think a lot of people listening to this are probably thinking, well, you know, maybe they can't afford, you know, your services yet. And maybe down the road, they probably will use your services. But let's say, you know, they want to get into an HBR, right? Um, you know, their goal is, you know, more branding, but they're really targeting HBR. So what would you recommend to people kind of looking to figure that out on their own? What's the process? Well, yeah. For example, HBR is, is one of the that's one of the harder ones, and and to just focus on that, especially when you don't like. I mean, I would say that that's something that's in a in a a plan that's kind of down the road. Right out the gate, I would say, what are the the sites that make sense to kind of initially target? Because not only are you going to re- start learning what engages people in your writing style, is that you're going to start getting out there a little more and getting people to pay attention, and um, it, it's activating your um, your audience. And so, for example, like there's there's a lot of people that as you're meeting people like yourself, like you're a nice guy, you run into people, you want to consistently stay top of mind. And that's what the book will kind of talk about. If if you read it, you'll see that as long as you stay consistently top of mind, content is a great way to do that. Then you come up with these big moments where it's like an HBR moment or one that you're really, really proud of and you really get behind it. So I would say that don't just go out the gate and go for that big moment. What I would do is I would start consistently getting content developed, getting it distributed in different places that reach the audience. And as you find out what really, like, really, really is an amazing, you know, post, then you you aim for those sites a little more. But Glazer is a perfect example is that, you know, he's been a client for a couple years, but this was a piece that was just really good. Uh, it took time for him to kind of arrive between, like, a lot of the content that we put out for him. He's like, wow, this is, this is a really great piece. And so once that did happen, then you amplify that. So that's where some people are like, oh, should I sponsor things? Should I pay to play at sites and, and have it, the sponsored logo on it? For me, doing everything everything you can to earn and amplify things is the way to start off. And so as you you consistently get those placements and you see different ones work well, amplify those. So when you do get that chance in the big site, if you ever want to publish there again, I would do everything you possibly can to distribute it. That means, you know, calling or getting your friends to share it out. That means, you know, reaching out to influencers to share it out. That means uh, if some sites allow amplification, like there's certain sites that actually tell contributors that they can't pay to amplify. I think it's dumb. I think you should allow contributors to amplify content because it just helps get more good eyes on the the content. So I would really focus on that because if you're ever going to contribute there again, or if you pitch again, they remember those articles that did really well. And so um, you will get one of those opportunities in a bigger site sooner or later. And when you do that, nail it, do a phenomenal job. And trust me, if it does that well, they'll be, they'll want you, editors will want you to come back. So what you're saying is uh, what part of what I caught was, you know, if you do get a placement on like a HBR or something like that, you're saying to also run paid ads at it um, and then just to continue to kind of reap the benefits. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, you do amplification. Once again, make sure in your contributor agreement you can do it. There's certain sites that don't allow it. And so you know that when you contribute, uh, you get a contributor agreement. And I know like there's two in particular ones that are really well known for their agreements that they don't allow it. But if they allow it, or what you should be thinking is that I need to be doing everything to distribute. So anything I can to get and distribute to the right people. So I'm not saying necessarily go to like the cheapest possible way to get eyes on it because also sites know when it's international traffic and different 
things like that. But like for us, if there's a piece that we're really getting behind, we'll do Facebook or LinkedIn targeted ads towards exactly who we want to see that content. And we look at it as one, helping with potentially converting from the article, but two, also just a great branding play. And then three, it helps on the publication side. They know that we actually do make an effort to get the right people to view that content. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, the short answer to that is, yes, in certain cases, you look for ways to amplify. Sometimes they're paid, but uh, I would definitely start off with doing everything you can earned first. And, you know, if that works and start you start seeing, you know, it work well, then, yeah, obviously amplification on the paid side would would make sense. Great. And then, you know, I can hear people asking also, you know, how much should they be spending if they get a nice one of those co-vetted slots on like a HBR? Is it like 150? Is there no formula at all? Is it go by gut? I mean, yeah, I, I would say you just you track and you see how it how it does well or how it does. So, for example, if people go, you know, are, are going to your site, obviously that's a no brainer. But let's say that you start seeing actually traction on social, different people talking about it. I would kind of go with, okay, this seems to be doing really well, so I'll put more money behind this. Like, there's an example I was just pointing out the other day where there was a placement uh, on Forbes. This was years ago. This was in 2014, where it was uh, one of the email software softwares was was named in an article and they looked at it and they saw that it would just converted really well because they were mentioned in this really positive way. And so what they did was they ended up doing paid amplification towards it to a very targeted audience. And the article ended up getting four million views and it was the right views. It was like, and I, you know, you kind of look at it, you're like, okay, is that bad? Is like, and and my feeling on it is that if you are targeting the, the right people to get the most value, I think everything should always be about the audience. And so if you're truly getting the right people to view that content and it's helping them out, then I think it's a, a great way to get more of the right eyes on the content. And that was a very successful article for uh, the brand. And I know the publication was happy because they were getting the right eyes on that content that did well. Great. So I, I do want to, I mean, jump back to, you know, talking about the book for a little bit. I mean, you spoke about being top of mind and we've had a guest on this podcast before. His name is Scott Oldford. And then basically I see his content on Facebook all the time. He's, he's always writing good stuff and he's just constantly staying top of mind, right? He's staying consistent with it. I think a lot of people tend to, to miss out on that. So, I mean, do you want to jump into the book a little bit on kind of, you know, what the impetus was behind it? And then, uh, you know, maybe some other tips around uh, the book itself. Yeah, are you talking? You're talking about Scott from. He's from Toronto, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I was actually. That's funny. I was just. Uh, I just spoke. Uh, I keynoted a, a event at Summit or Powder Mountain. He was there, and he was a really awesome guy. So I got to meet him. So yeah, I would agree. He's probably. He's pretty smart at uh, at what he does. But yeah, for me, the idea behind Top of Mind is not just an important part of business. It's an important part of life. Is that you want to engage people in different ways where you come to their mind at the right time. It not only creates opportunity for you on the business side, but it helps you build relationships in the right way. And so your example of Scott is is a perfect example is that you know he does something some sort of what I call a trust touch point where he engages you in a way whether it's through content it sounds like it was from Facebook in this example where you he comes top of mind and then he starts moving from your short term to long term mem- memory as either a friend resource or just business acquaintance and once they get in that long term it's an extremely extremely valuable thing to have because then you know if something comes up where 
you see an opportunity for Scott, he comes to mind and you go, oh, hey, you should talk to Scott. It's where you get more referrals. It's where more advocacy can happen and ultimately just helps relationships become stronger so that you are more connected to people in a meaningful way. And so for me, top of mind initially out the gate was just that I changed my life on how I looked at business and relationships is that I wanted to make sure that I engaged people very consistently in the right way. And I was consistently helping. I was educating others. I truly tried to make a difference in people's lives, whether it be through writing better content that they can learn from or even in one-on-one conversation. And so when when we started writing the book, we started looking at all the things people do to engage people at different times so that they connect better with people. And and then they come to their memory at the right time, the right moment, and it can bring opportunity to you. And so it's done extremely, extremely well. You know, got on some bestseller lists out the gate and it's created quite a few opportunities, which has kind of led me to to speaking a lot more um, as I was telling before the podcast is that you know the last three weeks I've spoke I'm speaking next week and they're coming from not just the book but also just the how people are reacting to the content you know within the book and the, the content that we're publishing around it as well love it yeah we talk about amplification a lot on on this podcast so I mean how did you go about amplifying the book itself Really, the I mean, right out the gate, um, we, we, so we're doing something very different. We're, we're like behind the idea of top of mind, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket at the beginning. Like a, a lot of people do book launches and they try and sell just thousands of thousands that first week. Now, I think that is good, but at the same time, what we did is we wanted to put resources this whole year consistently because you could guess it, we want to stay top of mind. You know, and so that's the point is that we're actually doing it spaced out where um, it's a blend between we're getting press and PR for it. So getting people and influencers and contributors to recommend it in addition to getting on book lists of, oh, hey, you should read this book. That's been extremely valuable for us. Doing a certain number of podcasts consistently over the next year. Doing, um, yet we did some paid amplification. I would not say amplify, like for the book, uh, to get people to read the book, like doing advertising, it wasn't successful as successful for us to actually get people to buy the book. I would say after I speak in an event, you can see an uptick in sales. So when you combine it with that, that's a great way to amplify. And then partnerships, like getting people, you know, like my buddy John Rulin wrote Giftology and he advocates for my book. I advocate for his because we both believe in the content. And so that was a great way to amplify where you have, you know, those types of partnerships advocating for you. But those are the, the ways that I've sold the book. And then after a while, if it's good content, it gets in enough people's hands where then they start referring it and saying, oh, you should read that book. And as crazy as it is, sales, like I see sales going up or remaining consistent. And it's because like a lot of the people who bought the book when it first came out in May or June aren't reading it until now. And we're seeing a lot more of the benefit in month three or four. Great. Awesome. And so, I mean, there's people out there and you know, I don't think there's any wrong or right way, but there's people out there that write their own book and then they have others kind of ghost write it for them. I mean, what, which way did you approach the book with? Uh, well, we, I used my company, and partially we used it because we um, uh, were looking into the service of offering uh, developing books or developing content for our clients that were books. Like we lo- really like services. Like I like Book in the Box, for example, um, uh, over there. Like they're, I think they're great people. But for us, we wanted to. If we're not referring business to them for that, uh, a lot of times people want a content marketing and PR strategy with it. And if that's a really strong core element then we want to to also do the book as well. And so that's kind of like how I looked at it. So I was our first guinea pig. And I think the best that I've seen is this blend, is that you want 
and the same way we create content even when we're publishing things in the publications for our clients is that you extract the knowledge in a way that's effective for their time. So we have a set, a set time where we either send them questions or we get them on the phone. We extract the knowledge. We can obviously use supplemental information that could make sense, but we do have to do our best to get the core, the golden nuggets, the antidotes, the personal experiences from the client. And then once you get a, a really core part of that down, then you get it to a very talented storyteller. And then that's, and we had been, um, it, like if you look at my book, it's dedicated. A lot of people do it to their parents, do it to their wife. To be honest, I love those people, but they had nothing to do with the actual book. And I dedicated it to the writer. I was transparent as that this person was the storyteller of the book. Uh, and I listed the five, four or five people that helped with editing, design, and things like that. And so for me, uh, it was a process where you know the core elements of it should come from the author, and then you have a great supporting structure of uh, a storyteller, an editor, and then you know good design. And if you put those together, you can do a, a really good book. Great. Just a couple more questions from my side. I mean, before we wrap up, so what's one big struggle you faced while growing this business? This business? Oh, I mean, there's a lot of struggles. I'm trying to think. I mean, for me, there is the, um, as we grew, like when it was, when you were 20 or when we were 10, 20, 30 people, it was easy to be like, to feel super valuable because you were involved in so much. Like, it's like you're involved in the sales, you're involved in operations. And as we've gotten bigger, um, you know, two, three times the size of that, and you hover, I would say a hundred and, and as you go up, it's a different type of role. And so for me, a struggle has been kind of the pride of, okay, like, what do I do now as a CEO? What is it? this. And I think a lot of um, CEOs act like they know exactly what they're doing as they're starting a company from scratch. But in reality, like for me, it's that trying to make sure that you're offering the most value for the company. It's challenging um, at every level because your role changes at every kind of phase. And so I think that's been a challenge for me. And I think that, yeah, I mean, I I would say personnel, we have an amazing team here, so it's made it easier. But when you grow past a certain number of people, it's so important to get middle management trained. Like now we have good middle managers. We have an executive team that's in better place. But I think that we should have done that earlier. Uh, a lot of times it's uh, companies are too reliant on their co-founders. And I think that we did that early, but I think we've done a lot better of a job recently. But that was a struggle, obviously, transferring that. Got it. Okay. What's one new tool that you've added in the last year that's added a lot of value, like Evernote? Oh, Mixmax. I love Mixmax to death. Like I want to go give, uh, I think Olaf's their founder. I want to go, I want to, I want to go give him a big kiss. Huh. He's a, uh, yeah, it, it, like, it just, it saved me so much time. And like, for some reason, and I know there's tools, but like I was using like Boomerang, I was using Calendly, I was using like, forgot like three other tools. And then Olaf, I got in touch with him and I started using Mixmax and it all was in one tool. And I also love the shortcuts. So like, it's made me probably at least double or I would say at least 50% more effective at email these days. And that's, my time's pretty uh, important for me right now. So that helps quite a bit. Yeah, I think time's important for anyone, right? Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, but Mixmax is great. Uh, go ahead and, you know, if you're interested in that one, you can look, listen to the interview with uh, Olaf, Mixmax, your search growth everywhere, Mixmax for those of you in the audience. And finally, John, besides your book, what's one must-read book you'd recommend to everyone? <sighs> Ooh, that's a tough one. I don't know for the for the like it's just I have different ones for each one. I mean like if you're like looking into be an entrepreneur, I like the uh, Rampton and Joe or John or John Rampton and Joel Combs book on uh, entrepreneur. 
uh, ship. It's like 50 signs you know you're an entrepreneur. I love that. Giftology is my like one that I, I think is great just because it helps people become more thoughtful about gifts and then about life um, and effectiveness. I, lo- I love essentialism. So those are like my three. Uh, it's hard to kind of narrow it down, but it just depends on the, the people uh, are, who are asking me. Great. John, this has been fantastic. What's the best way for people to find you online? Uh, I mean, it, it just depends. I would say that if it's something that my company you think or you want, you're looking for the service or you have questions specifically about building your brand and you're looking to invest in this, just email me directly and I'll I'll try and advise you. It's John at influenceandco.com and I'll try and be helpful, at least point you in the right direction. And then if you want to follow, I would say I'm pretty active on Twitter. Connect on LinkedIn and just say, hey, I heard you on Eric's podcast and I'll connect you as long as I know you're from this podcast. And then... Um, yeah, from from there on, follow my content. I write for Forbes, Inc., Fast Company, Mashable, HBR. And so follow the content. And hopefully it helps you out. Awesome. John, thanks so much for doing this. And everyone, make sure that you go check out Top of Mind and check out his company. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Everywhere. If you loved what you heard, be sure to head back to growtheverywhere.com for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on next week's value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week, and remember to take action and continue growing.